the recent WTO negotiations in Geneva, which concluded on July 31st, have been projected as a breakthrough by economic and political elites around the world, while social movements in the Philippines and throughout the Global South stress that the recent negotiations only illustrate the neo-colonial nature of the WTO, while continuing to call for its abolition. negotiations focused on key trade issues which led to the collapse of the September 2003 WTO ministerial negotiations in Cancun, Mexico, such as agricultural subsidies maintained by northern countries and the TRIPS agreement, trade-related aspects of intellectual property rights. I had the opportunity to interview Antonio Tuhan of Ebon, an independent research organization based in Manila. The interview explores the current social, economic, and political effects of the WTO on the Philippines while reflecting on the recent WTO negotiations in Geneva. The World Trade Organization has affected our country tremendously despite the fact that the Philippines is relatively advanced in terms of liberalization in trade, finance, and in other sectors. Uh, trade liberalization in the Philippines, and as in many countries in the world, have been implemented mainly through the IMF and the World Bank. In the Philippines, this was done in the 1970s. However, however the World Trade Organization was important because it dismantled very key measures of protection for strategic sectors in our economy. And one of these is agriculture. Before World Trade Organization, the Philippines has quantitative restrictions. In short, it bans the importation of products that are produced by small farmers in the Philippines, such as rice, corn, coffee, uh, vegetables like uh, cabbage and, and potatoes. So McDonald's in the Philippines cannot import potatoes but has to buy them locally. Under the WTO, these restrictions or these protective mechanisms have been removed. And as a result, one of the crop sectors in the Philippines have collapsed, resulting in the bankruptcy of thousands, tens of thousands of farmers, vegetable farmers, onion farmers, coffee farmers, uh, poultry growers, and so on. Just to give an example, uh, the Philippines imports or was dumped by the United States with chicken leg quarters at a price of 50 cents per pound. And in the Philippines, these actually cost something like um, 80 uh, pesos per kilo. And so you can see that the price of 50 cents per pound is tremendously much, much cheaper. And as a result, uh, chicken growers in the Philippines close shops when the dumping happens. So the agriculture negotiations in the WTO has been a sensitive issue. The Philippine government has taken a defensive position about this. Even though the Philippines is also an agriculture exporter, uh, we're the number five exporter of bananas. Before, the Philippines was the number one exporter of sugar in 1983 in the world. But now it has been taken over even by Canada. And uh, in spite of that, the Philippines still does export agricultural products, 
in the main, the main issue in the Philippines in agriculture now is the fact that our farmers are swamped by cheap dump products from mainly from the north where it is subsidized. Because of this, the WPO has been a very sensitive issue. Uh, time and again in the Philippines, you would have demonstrations by farmers, by small peasants, and sometimes even the planters or the landlords uh, join the issue because they themselves have been affected by the dumping. This is the reason why the Philippines joined the group of 20. These are the countries which had taken a position that the North must reduce its subsidies. The Philippines also joined the group of 30, and this is the group of countries that have been insisting that the WTO should recognize that there be strategic products, such as in the Philippines, that would be right, which must be put under certain forms of protective mechanisms far beyond, as an exception, to the current uh, level of WTO liberalization. Now, we have been reading here in the media, and it has been coming out very publicly in the last couple of weeks, that these issues specifically that you're addressing, agricultural subsidies have been the bulk of uh, negotiations which have been taking place in Geneva within the uh, World Trade Organization. Can you maybe speak as to the perspective of someone in the Philippines? Uh, you spoke about uh, peasant movements, farmer movements, which have been uh, organizing against the policies of the World Trade Organization and the effects which they have on wide sectors of Filipino society. Um, but maybe just give your perspective uh, as somebody from the Philippines, because when the issue of the recent Geneva negotiations has been put forward here in the Western media, in Canadian media, it has been put forward as somewhat of a victory in regards to these negotiations. It's been a positive step forward from Cancun. Maybe what's your perspective on what took place? Well, in the Philippines, it's always been the reverse. And I am not talking simply of the people's movement, of which we are part of, even in the, in public, in the media in the Philippines. What has happened in Geneva recently was not considered a victory, but has been considered a defeat for the interests of small farmers, for the interests of third world, poor third world countries like the Philippines. It is in the same sense that when Cancun happened, when there was a collapse in the agriculture negotiations in the Philippines, in, in the public it was considered a victory. Even our government, which is not really being that, uh, that protective of farmers' interests, gloated about how they helped that victory for the collapse in Cancun. Well, I suppose in your area, I am in Canada and the United States, uh, what happened in Cancun was considered, uh, you know, a problem or a defeat. Now, why is, it, is that so? The reason for that is the fact that the World Trade Organization has been generally recognized to be negative for poor countries like the Philippines. Why is it considered negative? Because the World Trade Organization forces our country to open up our borders to cheaper products from the north, while our products, because we are still poor and backward, cannot effectively compete in the global marketplace. Because of this, the Philippines has been generally a loser in terms of the WTO or in globalization in general, we are the losers. Um, the Philippines, you will not find 
very large Philippine corporations who have benefited from globalization or from WTO. On the other hand, every day, uh, you will find that uh, more than 7,000 workers lose their jobs as enterprises in the Philippines continue to lose shop, uh, to close shop because they cannot compete. This is the same case in our rural areas. Everyone here recognizes that there is a crisis, that Philippine products cannot compete, and while Philippine products may not necessarily have to compete in the global marketplace because we don't really, you know, we're not that gung-ho about exporting, what is more important for third world countries is the fact that we are being swamped by products from the north, agricultural products from countries like Canada, the United States, and the European Union. Because of this, we have always looked at the negotiations in the WTO as something of a harbinger, you know, of worse things to come for us. That is the reason that the debate here in the Philippines is that there is a demand not only from people's organizations, but even from the layperson, that we should get out of the WTO. That might be unbelievable in the context of the North, like Canada, why our debate in the public media is about getting out of the WTO, and because we, are, we have been the losers, you know, and we've been on the losing end in that regard. Now, on the other hand, our government uh, has not taken that position. Our government has been, because of the demand to get the Philippines out of WTO, our government has been pressured to take a more or less progressive or a, more, a position that is more protective of Philippine interests. That's why the Philippines now is no longer actively in the current group of countries which are pushing for liberalization of agriculture, but the Philippines is considered in the WTO negotiations as a defensive country, a country which would rather see how they can defend their different crop sectors from uh, the onslaught of dumping from the north principally. Now, um, it seems that throughout the global south, there is growing rejection of World Trade Organization and its economic policies. Can you maybe speak more broadly on these movements, these social movements or people's movements, as you called them, uh, who are putting forward this message of pulling out of the WTO? That has been a very popular sentiment or a very popular message in the Philippines but also uh, throughout uh, the world, countries have been demanding that their governments pull out of the World Trade Organization and the negotiations that take place there. So maybe can you comment on this? Well, there are uh, two kinds of movements. One movement is that which demands on a sectoral basis that the WTO they, uh, you know, take it, its hands off let's say, agriculture, or that the trips be taken out of, of the WTO. This is quite a broad movement, and in fact, it is present not just in the South. There is a very broad global coalition called Our World is Not for Sale, which includes uh, organizations beyond, uh, let's say, in the Philippines, Ebon is a member, but in Canada, Council of Canadians is a member, or in the United States, Ralph Nader's public citizen is a member. And the position of that global network is that WTO must get out of trips. 
must get out of the patenting system. That the WTO must shrink, which means to say that the WTO has taken too much under its umbrella, which is no longer strictly in the purview of trade. Another uh, movement is the WTO out of agriculture movement. This is also a very broad movement that includes farmers' organizations like the Asian Peasants Coalition and Via Campesina and uh, NGOs like Ebon, the Pesticide Action Network, these organizations are saying that the WTO must not cover agriculture, which is a key uh, aspect of our economies and our lives. These, uh, the question of food and agriculture must not be subjected to trade liberalization. Uh, uh, governments and countries must be allowed to protect their food systems. They must be allowed to protect their uh, weak economies, which are essentially uh, agricultural. And this movement has been predominant in the recent World Food Summit Plus Five, which happened in Rome two years ago. And this movement is now gaining even more great, even greater momentum under the slogan of food sovereignty for all and WTO out of agriculture. In the national level, you now have cases where countries which are not yet members of the WTO, like Nepal, movements there are pushing their government not to join the WTO. On the other hand, you have cases of countries like the Philippines, where large social movements are pushing their government not to simply to negotiate fairly, not to negotiate on the basis of national interest, but saying that you cannot negotiate anything logical and fair in the WTO. The WTO is essentially an organization that is run for the interests of large monopolies from the north, essentially companies from Canada, uh, the United States, the European Union, and Japan, and that no, you cannot balance off an inherently unbalanced economic systems between the south and the north. Pray tell, how can you have a fair agreement between a global giant like the United States and a country like, say, Rwanda, or a country like Lesotho. You cannot. And this, if this big giant that, you know, step back and give all the privileges, the genuine special and differential treatment, and not like the charade that you have in the WTO, then how can you call the WTO a fair organization? The WTO is an insult to humanity. It must be destroyed. And, uh, and if it cannot be destroyed, well, at least take the Philippines out of it. You have been listening to an interview with Antonio Tuhan of Ebon, an independent research organization based in Manila. The interview explores the current social, economic, and political effects of the WTO on the Philippines while reflecting on the recent WTO negotiations in Geneva. To get more information about Ebon, visit www.ibon.org. To get more info about anti-WTO movements in the Philippines, visit the Philippines Independent Media Center at www.qc.indymedia.org. That's www.qc.indymedia.org. This interview was recorded and produced 
for CKUT Radio in Montreal by Stefan Christoph. Cool music.